I don't I don't think they want to see, to hear you be wrong. I think they'd rather hear you be right. Nah, because if you're wrong, then it it sparks more um conversation on Twitter. Like I I thrive when people call me a fuckwit on Twitter. I think it's funny. Don't oh, you? No, have you seen the fantasy football counselor? You ever seen his his stuff? No, but I'm not going to be like. He's... He's the biggest idiot ever. Like, he's religiously wrong. <laughs> Did you see him victory lap? He said fade. Fade someone, and they tore their ACL, and he was like, I fucking told you. I was like, bro, <laughs> what are you doing? It's actually the worst. Yo, yo, yo. What's good, Addicts gang? We are back um, for another another episode. Uh, we're going to touch on Dynasty Fantasy Football, uh, NFL Fantasy Football Dynasty. That's for the algorithm, Frank. I'm with Frank. How are we, big man? What's been happening? Yeah, I'm doing good, Andrew. Thanks for the uh, warm welcome. Um, no, I've just been busy with work, you know, but not too busy to pod. It's not an excuse. Um, I'm glad to be back, and um, I'm glad that we've managed to carve out some time get stuck into some dynasty fantasy football because it is my favorite thing on earth and i think my life would be pretty empty without it andrew i think you probably feel the same way um but yeah very good for the algorithm i like what you did there if you repeat it enough times uh it'll get out to the people the problem with that is if people start getting too good at dynasty then uh we can't take their money when we're in leagues with them andrew yeah exactly um yeah we've been we've been very busy listeners you know frank's a workhorse I've been traveling from the US back to Australia. Um, we've been in multiple rookie drafts, startup drafts, but we're back on the pod and we're trying to make this a weekly thing, trying to get back on the socials. Um, I will plug them now. Follow us on the Twitter at the FB Addicts, on the Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. My man Frank doing good things there. And um, yeah, we're gonna come, we're gonna come at you with a, you know, player takes. Uh, dynasty, you know, we're going to call this one the hot or not because when we were 10 years old, Frank, that's how we used to uh, operate. Hey, are they hot or not? But um, no, we're going to come at you with strategy, dynasty, just overall dynasty um, podcast once a week. We're going to we're gonna stick to this, aren't we, Frank? We're going to be very disciplined individuals. We are. I mean, you don't, you mean you're saying it as if it's not a locked in guarantee that's going to happen. It's going to happen. I back us in. It has to. Um. Now, as I briefly mentioned today, we're just gonna we're gonna see where this pod takes us. We're gonna take uh two players, one hot, one not each, um, and talk about it. Chop it up, dynasty fantasy football. Who you should be buying, selling, who you should be targeting, or who you should be holding on to your roster and never letting go. Um, Frank, do you want me to kick it off, or do you want to kick it off? Yeah, I'll kick. I'll kick us off. I'll kick us off with our uh, first. We'll start. Do you want to start with hots or nots? I think we should start with nots. So, but as a disclaimer, I want to apologise if uh, any of your favourite players ended up on the not list. Um, you know, we want to be bringing this to you every, at least once a week. Um, so apologies. Your favourite player probably will feature on here eventually. But you know, 
the whole point of being a good dynasty fantasy football player is not getting emotional, um, not having unreasonable attachments to uh, your team's players. Shout out me and Javonte Williams. Anyway, let's start with the not players. I know this player has a bit of a fandom. I think people that own him absolutely love him. And then people that don't own him think that he's, you know, good. But then when you get him, you don't, you're not that happy about it. But if you drafted him like the third round of your rookie drafts about, what are we now, five years ago? Then you're really happy with him, but then he just doesn't perform what you think he'll he'll give you. And that is Washington wide receiver Terry McLaurin. Again, I think he's got a bit of a fandom. People love Scary Terry. They want to talk about how good he is in real life and how he's a fantastic wide receiver. He's an alpha. He's a number one. I just don't see it, Andrew. Um, I think he's a very fine wide receiver. He's going to give you very fine fantasy production, but he's not going to give you those elite seasons that you need, especially if you play in those dynasty leagues. Now, I don't like them, but when you play in the dynasty leagues, you start eight, start nine, you know, you got a super flex start eight league and you got 12 players. Like Terry McLaurin does not move the needle for your dynasty team whatsoever. Um, throughout his career, been really productive, been really consistent. You know, he finishes as a rookie wide receiver 29 in PPR leagues, followed up with wide receiver 20. 25, and then this season finished as wide receiver 14. You'd be pretty happy with that. But again, only finished, not as only 1,191 yards, but it was more or less only five touchdowns. This is because he doesn't play in a very high-powered offense, doesn't have a high-powered quarterback, still doesn't have a high-powered offense, still doesn't have an elite quarterback. And now Jahan Dotson has obviously started to eat into some of that Alpha work, I would say. I think Jahan Dodson's a fantastic player. You know, people forget that he was taken very early in the first round of last year's draft. Um, he's someone I can see taking over a lot of Terry McLaurin's work. Obviously, Terry's going to get his. I think, you know, I don't, I think wide receiver 14 is probably his ceiling this season with a lot of young wide receivers entering that range. Um, you know, but if he finishes as a wide receiver 20, what has he really achieved for your team unless you're playing in a really deep starting lineup? Um, but he's, you know, consistently got a price tag of, you know, if you want to get a hold of him, you're going to have to pay at least a first-round pick. Man's already 27 years old. Like, he came into the league as a 23-year-old or a 22-year-old. Now he's 27 going into year five. And I'm just I'm just not sold on Terry McLaurin, especially with how the Washington Commanders have addressed the, both the quarterback position by not addressing the quarterback position. Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell are not addressing the position. And they've gone out and added Jahan Dotson. Last year, they added Curtis Samuel. Um, they don't seem content with the wide receiver position. So, um, Terry McLaurin's got to be my not this week, Andrew. Going off the board as wide receiver 29 as per keep trade cut. Um, actually, before I hand over to you, Andrew, it might be worth going through a few names. And actually, this might be good. If you, you name off a few players that you'd rather have over Terry McLaurin um, that are going behind him as per keep trade cut, I'm going to... I'm going to pick out a few here. I'm going to nitpick because there's obviously guys like Zay Flowers, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Amari Cooper that obviously have their reasons why they're in that range. It probably aren't as um, talented as what Terry McLaurin is right now. Obviously, Zay Flowers is much younger. But someone that's going right behind him is George Pickens. I think I'd rather have George Pickens given he's only 22 years old, given what he showed as a rookie. Um Marquise Brown with Holly with uh, DeAndre Hopkins leaving town. He's now the undisputed number one, although he doesn't have Kyler Murray there to start the year this year. I think it's going to be 
you know, sunshine and rainbows moving forward, I think. Chris Godwin, I think he's a better player. I think he's got a better target opportunity. And with Mike Evans getting older, I think he's someone that's going to have elite target volume going forward. Deontay Johnson always had elite target volume. Amari Cooper is obviously the undisputed alpha wide receiver with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Uh, these are just a few that I've seen, you know, around this range that I think are going to give you better production and also possibly have better future um, outlooks as well. Do you agree with that, Andrew? I know at times you've been a Terry McLaurin guy. Don't know if you are anymore. Um, I'm interested to know what you think. Yeah, well, that's the thing, Frank. I think because I was a Terry McLaurin guy, it's why I'm not really anymore. Um, I mean, if you still want to be in on Terry, I don't, I don't hate it, but he's definitely a a not player, a trending down player. Um, he's just not that good. The team, like, would it be, would it shock you if Jahan Dotson, you know, outscores him this year? Probably not. No, why would he's a first round wide receiver? They spent like what did he go fifteen overall? Exactly, was, might have even been twelve overall. It was insane. Like, and he's a and then he showed as a rookie, he was actually good. Yeah, that's that's the thing. He he loves the end zone. Um, and like like you mentioned, just the QB play is real dicey. He's already like sneaky old. Um, he's just gonna be that that you know that wide receiver two, like late like back-end wide receiver too, like wide receiver 22 at the end of the year, and what does that really do for you? Um, I guess the only positive with Terry is that he is not very expensive. But, um, yeah, and, and that. He's probably not going to let you down. But, yeah, he's not he's not helping you win fantasy football titles in dynasty leagues. And I think, yeah, I think he nailed it on the head. I don't think Terry is someone that you go out for and try buy. And, uh if you have him, I'd probably sell and try get try get younger at the position, or to get someone with a bit more upside, someone who could actually, you know, finish higher than wide receiver, you know, twenty two or something like that. Um, Frank, my, uh, well, do you want to go zigzag? I'll do my hot player now, or oh yeah, hit them with the zigzag. Keep the listeners on their toes, Andrew. I like exactly. It. Uh, my hot player is Deontay Johnson, who I feel like would be valued less than Terry, and I'm not sure about this. He is. Yep, he's, uh, what is he? He's wide receiver 36, seven uh, spots lower than Terry McLaurin. Exactly. And, um, I mean, you look at this year, very disappointing year. We had that Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks bed, if you remember. I feel like I was robbed on that. But I think it's clear why um, why this happened, and it was just zero touchdowns. Like, he didn't didn't find the end zone at all. Um, you know, you give him five, six touchdowns and the year is, looks a lot better than it was. He's still got hyper-targeted, 147 targets. He's still sneaky young at 26. I feel like people are kind of forgetting Deontay Johnson exists, maybe. Um, you know, the Steelers don't um, look to be this high-powered offense, but I'm kind of I'm kind of in on the Kenny Pickett hype. You know, he's getting a bit of, um, bit of buzz around camp. He's looking better. Small hands, a bit of love. small hands can grow, can throw, Frank. Um, so I just think Deontay Johnson, if you, he's someone I would target because he's so cheap. Um, he's not going to obviously be a wide receiver one or anything like that, but I think he could be 
Well, I mean, he was a wide receiver one in 2021. Like, it's not it's not crazy to say, you know, especially in PPR leagues, because of all these targets he does get, um, you know, Kenny Pickett still threw him the ball. There's no problem there with the quarterback. Um, honestly, you're buying him if you believe in Kenny, and I do, and I think Deontay Johnson will have a big bounce back year, and he'll just be a really solid piece for your dynasty um, rosters that you can get cheaply. I mean, if you... You could probably get him for, I don't know, a couple of seconds. I feel like people would do that. Uh, even a, a projected high second-round pick, people might buy it on that. Um, yeah, so I really like purchasing Deontay Johnson. Um, I tried to. Shout out Ben. Told me to do one. Um, but we're still working. We're still cutting a deal there. Um, Frank, do you think now is the time to like target someone who is really the – the kid that everyone forgets about kind of he's like the if you have four kids he's like the third one you know no one really loves him he's still he's just there and he'll be fine i think yeah i i agree andrew like i, I know we like we just spoke about terry mclaurin about how he's just you know someone's going to give you back end you know wide receiver two numbers possibly you know you know mid wide receiver two um and it's going to cost you you know more than a first round pick no one's given up terry mclaurin for, for less than a first round pick Deontay Johnson's not someone you have to pay a first round pick for, I don't think. He's someone that you can ship, you know. Someone that, you know, wide receiver that may be taken in the second round. If you haven't had your rookie drafts yet, you know, there might be someone that's in on, you know, that Marvin Mims, um, you know, uh, Mingo area of your rookie draft. Um, you may be able to flip Deontay Johnson, you know, flip one of those picks to get Deontay Johnson. Um, and he's someone that's got much more upside because his target volume is phenomenal. You know, we, we obviously saw him. He had only had 86 catches on 147 targets. You know, if you add 20 catches and, you know, like you said, five touchdowns, all of a sudden he goes from wide receiver 30 in PPR leagues to wide receiver 20 or wide receiver 18 or something along those lines. I haven't done the math, so don't hold me to that, all right, listeners. Um, but then you, you're thinking about him completely differently. Um, with an offseason with Kenny Pickett as well, um, I think – between him and, um, you know, his running mate in George Pickens. I think they're both going to be decent, you know, mid-wide receiver twos, wide receiver, you know, high-end wide receiver threes. So I think Deontay Johnson, really safe bet. Someone you can, you know, add to your dynasty team for a small cost. If you've done the right thing during the offseason, you've accumulated a few future picks as well. You know, something I like to do in dynasty drafts, uh, rookie drafts, is, you know, trade back, get a, you know, get an extra second in 2024, all of a sudden, the teams that are looking at their rosters come, you know, start towards the start of the season. They go, I'm really not good enough to compete here. He's someone who can be had for, you know, less than a first round pick. And you're only giving up those, um, that next level of rookie picks. So I think uh, definitely someone you should be looking at. Great pick, Andrew. I mean, the Bears guy, Chase Claypool left as well. Um, but I mean, you don't even need to, um, to stress on that because, I mean, the past three years, 144 targets, 169 targets, 147 targets, 80-plus receptions. I just think he's a really solid asset that is being undervalued. And homework for the listeners, Frank, sell Terry Terry McLaurin and get Deontay Johnson plus. I think that that could be Yeah, imagine doing that. You'd be over the moon. And you got younger. You literally got like a year younger as well. Exactly. Look at us. We're just helping the listeners build dynasty. Big math. Um, do you want me to do you want me to keep going with my not player, or do you want to have a turn now? No, no. Let me. Let we're talking about hot players. It's getting warm in here. 
Um, let's talk about my hot player this week. I've got running back, Houston Texans, Damian Pierce. Now, I know everyone was sweating Damian Pierce heading into the NFL draft. You know, I've, I had him in spots. Could not sell him. Like, I could not sell him, Andrew. No one. You'd be, we were struggling to get a second round pick out of people because they thought it was a shoe in that he was going to get replaced. And they've shown nothing but faith in Damian Pierce. They've signed, I've got to, got to look at these names. Obviously, they signed Devin Singletary. You know, that doesn't scare me. I don't think Devin Singletary is very good. He's someone that's going to, you know, help in the passing game, but he's not someone that's going to be taking away goal line work from someone like Damian Pierce, who, you know, was so good in that area and also good in short yardage, realistically good everywhere to be honest um and they added you know my boy mike boone from the denver broncos so addressing the running back position was not a priority for the houston texans and i'm i know you got to follow the actions of the team they have a 23 year old running back who they invested a fourth round pick into last season he performed as a rookie and they decided we're going to give him another chance got a rookie quarterback in cj stroud over there they've improved the offensive line they're gonna you know help the rookie quarterback as much as they can. They're going to run the ball. They've gotten that veteran running back in Devin Singletary to chop out the younger, more explosive Damian Pierce. And I think they're going to be really run heavy, personally. Um, we saw him perform as a rookie. He was able to put up really good numbers before getting injured. Um, all reports are saying that he's ready, healthy to go. Um, he's been at OTAs, healthy, training. Um, so I don't think there's not really any red flags around Damian Pierce. He, you know, he's got heavy workloads. We've got games here. You know, just his third NFL game, he got 20 carries. You know, week five, he had 26 carries. Week seven, he had 20 carries. Week nine, 27. You know, what, week 13, he had 18. Week 14, he had 22 before he got injured. They're not afraid to give him the ball. Um, and volume is king. Volume is king in fantasy football, Andrew. We know this. So, um, yeah, give me all the Damian Pierce stocks, catches, passes. Um, does it all, to be honest. I, I really like him as a player, and I think he's going to be rock solid for your team. No, exactly. He's he's someone I was really in on um last year. I just think he's good at the game, Frank. And um yeah, as you said. What is what is he, Andrew? Hashtag good at football. Exactly. He's hashtag good at football. And like you said, names like Devin Singletary, Mike Boone, De Ungumbawale do not scare me. Um I don't think uh this could be a hot takey. I don't think you go and just sell everything to go get him because he's a 23-year-old running back who's going to be very overpriced. But if you are like Frank listeners and you have him, just ride him into the sunset. It could be it could be a fun little romantic ride with uh, Frank and Damian Pierce. And um, I think he's going to be great for your fantasy teams. Um, the offense obviously is improved for CJ Stroud, someone I really like coming in. Um and yeah, he's gonna he's gonna touch the ball a lot, Frank. And I think that's the main thing. Would you actually go and buy Damian Pierce, Frank? Well, you you say that it may be difficult because some teams are having obviously got him at a low price point. Um, they're happy to just like you said, ride out his production. But I'm looking at guys that are being taken um in startup drafts around the same uh value as far as running backs go. You've got guys like Zach Charbonnet, who's essentially the backup to Kenneth Walker, um, Devon A. Chain, who's, you know, smaller than me, um, and that's not a joke. Um, Devon A. Chain um, out of Miami. You've got Miles Sanders, who's, what, 26 years old on his second contract. 
um, you know, in a place that does have other running backs, not that Tuba Hubbard is scary by any means. Um, and you've got DeAndre Swift who can't uh, stay on the football field and is in a, a running back room that has other pieces that, you know, Philadelphia has shown that they're willing to use multiple running backs, where Houston hasn't shown any willingness to use multiple running backs. When Damian Pierce has been healthy, it's been the Damian Pierce show. Um, so these are guys that I would I'd definitely rather have Damian Pierce over them. Um, yeah, I think if you can if you can pivot and make those moves, I I would do it. No, I agree, and I think the best part of this is Houston have so many other needs. Like they're still a bad football team. They're not gonna. They shouldn't. I mean, we don't know what they're gonna do. They shouldn't address the running back position anytime soon. So I do like that, Frank. My not player could be a bit controversial. I don't know how hot takey this is, but it's going to be Ramondre Stevenson running back, New England Patriots. Um, fan Dynasty fantasy football is like the stock market, Frank. It's a very risky game. When do you buy? When do you sell? And I think I would sell Ramondre. Now, you might ask why. He's a 25-year-old running back. He seems to be everyone's redraft you know, sleeper, top 12 running back is Ramondre Stevenson. He's the man, blah, 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 whatever they're saying. And he might he might well be, Frank. He might be very good for your team this year. You are the Ramondre Stevenson owner. Um, I just think running backs, it's an interesting conversation in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um, I've had an epiphany. You know, I used to own Nick Chubb. I used to own Austin Eckler. I used to own who else was on my... Uh, dynasty fantasy football championship roster. I used to have stud running backs and I pretty much sold them all for two young receivers in Justin Jefferson and Jalen Waddle. A lot more other pieces, obviously. But I think the key is to make running backs just irrelevant on your dynasty rosters because the position itself is so... The shelf life of players is so little and you can just... Plug and play anyone. Look, I've I'm feeling pretty good about like going to get. I mean, I did it last year with Jerry McKinnon. Like, I threw a third at I can't remember who it was, and he turned out to be a league winner for me. Like, you can you can find these kind of players. There's always a waiver wire superstar that you can get. I got Cordero Patterson two years ago. Um, the point is, Frank, if you sell Ramondre, who's plays the position that I hate in dynasty fantasy football, and you can get you know, a young receiver in return or a, you could probably get a lot for Ramondre right now. I don't know off the top of my head what you would sell him for, but I just think it's a really interesting conversation to have of, you know, buying these, I mean, selling these running backs when they hit their peak. I think you'll never lose the trade if you do so. Um, and I just think if you look at it in general, the Patriots are still a bad team. Um, Bill Belichick never really rides the hot hand, like just rides one running back to the ground. You know, he always throws in the Rex Burkhead, James White, um, you know, these just weird name types into his, his backfield. You know, there's Ty Montgomery hype right now. They just, they signed James Robinson. I think J-Rob's pretty good. I don't think the 88 targets that Ramondre got is, um, very what's the word it's going to happen again no no, it's i don't think it's going to happen again basically is what i'm saying um 
The Patriots are really bad. I think they're going to be a bad team, and I think the division overall is good. Questionable quarterback play. Um, yeah, I just I think Ramondre might be, as you said off air, you know RB eight, and I look like a dick. But I think in the long run, you'll still win the trade if you get back. You know, first round plus if you get back, uh, Michael Pittman plus if you get back. Uh, I'm just, you know, spitballing here. I think selling these perceived young running backs um, when they're at their peak, the player buying them will get two good years out of them and they're toast. Whereas if you get Michael Pittman right now, you're probably going to get six years of good good quality production. Um, You know, the Patriots offense ranked 26th. Um, 24th in rush yards, 23rd in rush attempts, 27th in rushing touchdowns. It was 28th red zone offense. You know, it's not a good offense. Um, All I'm hearing is room for upside. All I'm hearing is room for improvement, Andrew. I mean, you might be right, Frank. You might be right. But I think if you wait and it goes bad, uh, which it has the potential to, you're not going to get Ramondre at this ridiculous price that everyone's everyone seems to love him frank like yourself now tell me why you love ramondre let's hear it all right i'll tell you why i love ramondre stevens all right now this is a bit of a bit of a tough question andrew because i'd forgive you if you didn't know who they were but do you even know who the running patriots running backs are that are behind damien that are not damien psg that's stuck in my head behind ramondre stevenson my boy Pierre Strong. Let's go. Pierre Strong. And who's who's the other one? There's one more. Yeah, it's it's J Rob, right? No, it's not. Yeah, it is J Rob. That that's funny too. Uh uh I, your point is that they're not very good. Yeah, anyway. The last the last name's Kevin Harris. So my point is they're completely irrelevant. Uh we saw Ramondre Stevenson played Damian Harris out of town. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, like you said, catches passes. Maybe he doesn't have 88 targets. Maybe he only has 70 and he still catches 50 passes a year. Um, He had 1,000 yards as a rusher and he only had six touchdowns on the year. Like you said, really poor in the red zone, really poor offense. I don't think it's going to improve drastically, but I think it would, would... Wouldn't be unreasonable to believe that he's going to finish with eight touchdowns instead of six, and you get a couple more. Um, and then you mentioned Michael Pittman, and I've done a sort of a quick look to see, you know, what you might get out of Michael Pittman. Both same age, obviously different um, positions. You probably have a longer shelf life, um, obviously with Michael Pittman than you would with Ramondre Stevenson. Michael Pittman gave you 160 fantasy points this past season, finishes a wide receiver 20. Um, and, you know, people don't probably don't want to trade Ramondre Stevenson for Michael Pittman, and the Michael Pittman owner wouldn't want to do the same thing. It's kind of that disparity if, you know, you own the player or don't own the player. Ramondre Stevenson scored 215 fantasy points last year. That's more than 50 points different. That equates to about, what, three and a half points per game or three points per game, something along those lines. I haven't done the maths. But that, that matters. I think, you know, if you're getting a player at the same age, Obviously, the running back position is more scarce. The problem, the, the reason why they often feel like they cost more for a player that has a smaller shelf life is because the scarcity is much higher. What, the difference between wide receiver like 12 and wide receiver 25 is like two points per game, Andrew. 
where the difference between wide receiver, uh, running back 10 and running back 20 is like, it's night and day. Um, so being able to get someone that, you know, given his target volume, it's it's hard to argue that he's not a locked-in top 10 running back. And I get that you're not going to get three or four years of production out of Ramondre. You're going to be happy if you get the next two years. But he's going to score over that span. He's likely to score 120 points more than Michael Pittman, who's currently valued as a top 20 dynasty wide receiver. He's going to cost you more than a first-round pick to acquire. I think there's teams out there in the dynasty landscape that would be willing to ship Ramondre Stevenson for a late first-round pick. And then you have obviously gotten yourself a running back that's going to finish top 10. He has potential to finish top five. He finished as a running back seven last year. And there was games where he was, you know, splitting significant time with Damian Harris. So I think that um, I think that Ramondre's good. Like, I think he's someone that Patriots have shown they have faith in. He had finished with almost 1,500 yards last year. And then they've gone and let their second best running back walk. And they've done nothing to address the position. So... You know, I you know we can agree to disagree. I understand the uh the thinking about running back position as a whole. Um, I think it's very that becomes very league dependent as well because when you have so many people pushing the narrative of young wide receivers, wide receivers being valued more, you just get significant values the running back position, and you can really start to fill out your lineups with really high powered, high powered running backs. You know, you, the likes of Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley and Travis Etienne are going for much less trade value than the equivalent wide receiver who historically haven't scored as much as the running back position. You just put yourself in a place where your running backs are going to be outscoring the next best team, um, you know, by 20 points a week. And it's going to be hard to make up that difference, I think. Um, although, you know, if you're going to go running, go light on running back, go light on running back. Do what Andrew said. Try and find players on the waiver wire. Um, you know, acquire players that are going to get, sneakily give you 10, you know, 9, 10 points per game. And obviously try need to make up that difference in your other positions as well. It's not just ignore the position and then just keep playing. Um, it's ignore the position and excel elsewhere. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll do this on another pod, Frank. We might go, um, you know, position by position and how we uh, we target it in Dynasty Fantasy Football. That could be a, um, a good sneaky little episode there. But, um. As you said, for a team like yourself, going for the win, Ramondre Stevenson obviously helps you. I just think I would, you know, cash out Salim for a Quentin Johnson, a Michael Pittman, Jahan Dotson, uh, Jordan Addison, say, Christian Watson, like someone like this, DJ Moore. You, you, the point is I would sell him for these players and you might even get something on top. You might squeeze a bit of the uh, Ramondre Stevenson value and uh, and get a bit more. Um but it is an interesting discussion. If you just, yeah, if you look at the running backs that are meant to be awesome in redraft and then you just, you know, you wait for it to happen and then they do become awesome and then flip them mid-year, like um, a few that come to mind would be uh, there's a lot of love for like James Conner out there. Um, there's a lot of love for, let me have a look, like Khalil Herbert out there. There's a lot of love for Richard Penny. Like the point is if you just, sell these guys at their at their highest point, I think you will win the trade 10 times out of 10. Frank, I'm going to give you a few, just a few hot fire names, and you tell me if you're in or out, hot or not. Um, Rashad yeah, White. Rashad White. No, no, I just can't get around him. I just don't think he was that. Um, 
know, efficient with his touches. He couldn't beat out a washed Leonard Fournette. Um, offense isn't going to be good. Baker Mayfield loves to chuck it. You know, Buccaneers throw the football a lot. I've harped on this answer a lot. I've really uh, defeated the purpose of this game, haven't I, Andrew? No, that's fine. Um, Brian Robinson. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a second, first and second down bruiser who's going to lose work to Antonio Gibson, who I could be the most screwed over running back um, in the NFL. Like, he's not bad. Like, I actually don't think he's bad. Uh, Russ Wilson? Back. He's back. Russ is back, according to Frank. Russ I, might, I might clip this. Um... Uh, let's Jonathan Mingo. Oh, he's all right. I don't know. To be honest, he was someone that I expected to go much later in the draft. You know, I'm not an NFL scout by any stretch of the imagination. Um, freak, one of those freak athlete wide receivers. Um, not incredibly polished. Didn't have the you know the biggest um college production profile. But you know, if the, if the Carolina Panthers see something in him, and he's definitely a very good athlete, um, has every opportunity to be um something at the next level. Um, so it remains to be seen. Uh, I mean, I'll finish with a, a nice little tight end. Um, Dalton Kincaid, how good do you think he can be? I feel like we're, we're obviously in on him, but do you think he's going to be this awesome prospect or do you think he's just going to be a little bit lackluster and just be that tight end nine that, you know, is just there? No, I think I think he can be really good. Like, remember, like, when the likes of TJ Hawkinson came into the league and he was sort of, you know, hover around that, like, you know, tight end nine, tight end eight, and then he broke out and finishes, like, the tight end three. Like, he's someone that has the talent, Dolphin Kincaid. Um, he's taken inside the first round for a reason. Um, he's going to try his best to be Josh Allen's best friend. And, um, you know, he's a wide receiver, you know, disguised as a tight end, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I think he's going to be really good. Um, it's tough. I would struggle to be the person that spends a first-round pick on him. Um, he didn't go as a first-round pick in our rookie draft, in our dynasty league, um, but I have seen him go, you know, at that 111, 112, even 110 in um, even Superflex dynasty leagues. Um, you know, it wouldn't be me, but... The process is there. He is a difference maker at the position. He's worth every uh, every penny of that pick. Is that how you describe it? Don't yeah. mind. Yeah, that's good. Um, and just one more, Frank, the quarterback position. Desmond Ritter. It's real interesting. No, it's not real interesting. It's the most run-heavy team ever. Yeah, but look at like the, the supporting cast. more run-heavy than we were last year. They'll, they'll compete with the Chicago Bears team of this past season with how much they're going to run the ball with B. John Robinson and Tyler Allergia. And I think Tyler Allergia is going to get some run. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to matter. B. John's freak, but they're going to run the ball so much. I just think, you know, B. John, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, you know, they're, they're supporting him with some, with some dudes, Frank. I think he could be sneaky. Like, I don't know if he survives after this year, but... Yeah, it's the... I'm thinking how many games does he get in before they replace him with Taylor Heineke? That's the question. Yeah, Heineke is a winner, isn't he? Um, yeah, thanks for that, Frank. Um, we will be bringing the listeners a dynasty 
uh, podcast each week, uh, roughly this time of the week. So uh, make sure you're following us on the socials and the Spotify, just so you know when we release these episodes. Obviously, the Twitter handle is the at the FB Addicts, Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts, Spotify the Fantasy Addicts podcast. Um, Frank, I had a lot of fun. It's been a while between drinks, but uh, it's been good to talk to you. Um, next week we might be doing something similar or something a little bit different, but it's going to be dynasty fantasy football related. Frank, any last comments? Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Just before we sign off, I just wanted to bring up the fact that uh, a certain poll went up on Twitter the other day, Andrew, I believe it was May 27th, so three days ago. Um, it was one of your classic Another Trade Goes Down in NFL Dynasty Fantasy Football League. Who wins? Uh, you put up Team A, Team B. Um, we let the people decide. Um, this one actually was myself and you, Andrew, um, funnily enough. Um, yours truly acquired Jalen Waddle, and then you have acquired Jordan Addison, who I've taken at the, well, what pick did I have? The 108. Jonathan Mingo, I believe, went at the 2-6, and then a 25 second and 24 third. Um, I bring this to your attention because it was a resounding victory for Team A, um, myself. 72.3% of the general public believe that I won that trade. So um, on that note, uh, I just wanted to sign off that way. I mean, I I didn't mention we're in an eight man league. I think that might swing it a little bit more even. Um, but so you, that that pick three years from now is going to be slightly better than the people thought. Yeah, well, you're mate, a hero. I'm I'm just not in on Jalen Waddle. I don't. I, maybe I should have got more value out of him. Um, I didn't realize how much the public and yourself love him. Um, but we'll see, Frank. Time will tell. When Jordan Addison is the man, um, I'll be buying his jersey and rubbing it in your face. But until next next time, Frank, um, have a lovely day. Listeners, conquer the day. Conquer your fantasy football leagues by buying Deontay Johnson and Damian Pierce and selling Ramondre Stevenson and Terry McLaurin. Thanks again, Frank. I'll talk to you next time. No worries. Thank you, Andrew. Take care, listeners. Thank you.